everyone. Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Derek Tate. You can be found on Twitter at DerekTateNFL. Derek, week four. We are officially talking some waiver wire here as we move away from week three into week four. How are we doing, my friend? I have a chance, if things go my way, to go 9-0 and across all of my leagues. Ooh. So... I- I don't know if I've had th- that type of a clean sweep. It's always been kind of like, you know, seven and one, blah, blah, blah. But a chance to go perfect on the week feels pretty good. So uh, hopefully things go as planned tonight uh, for the two games on the Monday night slate. Well, I will say, man, that is impressive, especially as you move into doing this full time. People who do not work in the industry do not understand how difficult it is to be doing start sit, you know, advice to do YouTube live streams. And then to also set your lineups. Last week, I had Aaron Jones still in a lineup. Realized that at about 4 p.m. was like, oh, and guess what? I would have won that matchup if I had moved Aaron Jones out of my starting lineup. I lost by like three points. It's impossible. So congratulations, my friend. Let's actually hope that this happens. You'll have to update us on the Trade Targets podcast tomorrow here to see how you finished out the week. Let's get into the conversation here for week four waiver wire pickups before we do let's run through some of the latest news this is brought to you by the news tracker that we have here at pro football network you can find the link for this here in your podcast or youtube show description make sure to check this out because this is an invaluable resource as you go through and try to keep up on everything happening around the nfl we have that right there for you absolutely free over at pfn our news tracker so let's get into some of the big news items here from sunday Derek carr suffered suffered a shoulder injury that could sideline him for several weeks, as we are recording this here at 11 a.m. Eastern on Monday morning, we do not have clarity yet on Derek Carr's status and how exactly long he will be missing here, but it is not season-ending, which is the good news. Mike Williams suffered a potentially season-ending knee injury, not as good of news. We will obviously talk about these two situations here within the waiver wire pickups on the week. Gus Edwards suffered a concussion in yesterday's game. We saw Lamar Jackson have an increased workload there as you have the backups now of Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, the running backs in Baltimore with J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill. They just keep going down and down. We'll see if Gus Edwards can make it back for week four. And Jimmy Garoppolo may have suffered a head injury on Sunday Night Football there. We will wait and see more information there if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to miss some time. Let's get into this here. If you are watching over on YouTube, you can find this over on YouTube, youtube.com slash at PFN Fantasy. Make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and click the bell to get notified. As Derek says, that ding, ding, ding every time that we drop a new video here on the channel. It was awesome to see the other day. I saw 11,111 subscribers on the channel, which was awesome to see. One, 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 one. Absolutely love seeing that. Love the support here. Make sure to like this video, subscribe, and click that bell to get notified for when our new content drops. Derek, I'm going to send this to you first. Who is the fifth running back that you are looking? We're going to walk from number five all the way down to number one. Who is at number five in the running back waiver wire rankings for you this week? I'll be very quick. At number five, it's a name that I've talked about a lot and will continue to talk about a lot as long as he's still available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. That is Roshan Johnson. Again, he finished with the most fantasy points out of that at the running back position out of the Chicago Bears backfield. Now, unfortunately, that only was like five or six points in a PPR format. So it was not a very good day at the office for the Chicago Bears offense altogether, as we well know against Kansas City Chiefs. But I'm still encouraged by his usage. I'm still encouraged that I think he's the best back uh, out of this backfield when it comes to pass protection, pass catching abilities. And he still looks good as a runner. Like even when he gets his opportunities as a ball carrier, I still believe that he is just as good as a ball carrier as Khalil Herbert. And Herbert also compounded his issues by losing a fumble yesterday. So 
those things being said, Roshan is still the long play here. He's just not the priority add that I have given some of the other guys that are on my list. Roshan Johnson is at running back eight on the week for me in my waiver wire ranking. So someone that I do think is worth rostering in deeper formats. However, if this was a better offense and we were starting to see this shift happen where we saw Roshan Johnson become more and more involved, I would be like, yes, absolutely sign me up. He's a top five pickup. Just what's what's truly the upside is the thing that's holding me back from ranking Roshan Johnson as a top five option, because I don't think even if he does take over this backfield, I just don't see where Khalil Herbert is now completely on the bench and Roshan Johnson seeing 80% of the work here. So that's the thing that's kind of holding me back from ranking Roshan Johnson as a top five option. Do you have anything to add on that? Well, the only thing that kind of jumps to mind is, you know, obviously the ball security issue there, losing a fumble, never a good thing. And, you know, if the Chicago Bears defense also doesn't get it straightened up, I think they're going to be in passing situations more and more often, which could, again, give a slight edge to Roshan. I, he's more of a stash play than he is a pickup and start this week. So if you're prioritizing people that you can pick up and play this week, Roshan's not that guy. He's more of a stash long-term guy, which is why he still appears on my top five. All right. At number five for me is a player that is a pickup and play this week. If he still is available, that is Matt Breida. Matt Breida, only four carries uh, in week three. He did find the end zone there to give you nine half PPR points and will finish the week as a top 24 running back based on finding the end zone there. However, Seattle is a drastically different defense than the San Francisco 49ers. So obviously the thing to monitor here is that the New York Giants will play on Monday night football this next week. So monitor the practice reports that are coming out here and the news that's coming out around Saquon Barkley. However, everything that we heard for Saquon was this is a multiple week injury. I don't expect him to play here in week four, more so coming back into the conversation in week five. So if Matt Breida is available, I do think that he is a top 30 running back here this week. Just depends on how desperate you are at the position, but most likely, I mean, a 5% fab if it's someone that you're picking up because you're in a pinch that you're desperate, and then he's going to lose value as soon as Saquon Barkley comes back to the lineup. So Matt Breida there at number five for me on the week. I will send it back to you. Who is at number four in the running back waiver wire rankings? Yeah, again, I'm trying to play the the long game here when it comes to these pickup and stashes at the running back position. And I know that he was basically a non-factor in week number two, and he wasn't much of a factor in week number three. But again, a rushing touchdown, the second on the season, which I think that that's just as much, if not more so, than what we've seen from Travis Etienne. That's Tank Bigsby for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have to believe, more so than what I've seen from the Chicago offense that we were just talking about, I think better days really, truly are ahead for the Jags with Trevor Lawrence under center. Doug Peterson is the head coach. I mean, two carries, 10 yards, it's it's not a lot to go off of. Again, more of a stash and see if his role can expand as the season progresses. Uh, certainly hasn't been super, super involved, but I still find that Tank Bigsby's skill set in complement to that of Travis Etienne, once this offense does get right and they start generating more scoring opportunities, there could be more opportunities for Tank Bigsby, who looks like he could be the preferred option in short yardage situations to potentially find the end zone moving forward throughout the 2023 season. Tank Bigsby also at RB4 on the week here for me in my waiver wire rankings for a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned. This is more of that long play. And we talked about Tank Bigsby coming into the year as this perfect complement to what Travis Etienne does in this offense. Now, the volume has not been there for Tank Bigsby, right? Only two rush attempts this last week, like you said, one target didn't reel it in. So this is a situation where you're not going to pick up Tank Bigsby and you're going to immediately plug him into your starting lineup. But we have seen in the past that especially once we get past the bye week, which is week nine for the Jacksonville Jaguars, that we start to see these rookie running backs 
become more and more involved as they get up to speed. The coaches can now trust them in pass protection, whatever that case may be. So Tank Bigsby, I think is going to be someone that we're talking about here on this waiver wire podcast pretty much for the like entire year. We're just being like, hey, monitor Tank Bigsby, add him if you got him, if you're in a deeper league and you want to be able to pick him up. I mean, a 5% FABIT at this point, minimal FABIT that you're picking up and just stashing. I do like the call there because I do think that the role will increase for Tank Bigsby as the week moves along or as the season moves along. But as we look at the rest of these guys on the, the waiver wire this week, there's not a lot of like, hey, you're picking up these guys and you're immediately plugging them into your starting lineup next week. This is kind of balancing that long-term play. So I agree with you there. Tank Bigsby at RB4 on the week for me as well. Let's send it back over to you. Who is at RB3 on the week? Speaking of rookie running backs, who I think can see an expanded role as the season progresses, for, for what, one, two, three rookie running backs here for me to start off my waiver wire rankings uh, in the top five, this one's Kendry Miller. And while his debut in the NFL, nine carries for 34 yards, no receptions, or no, excuse me, one reception, but for no yards, um, wasn't, you know, earth shattering. I'm still encouraged that one, it didn't seem like he suffered any sort of a setback to that hamstring injury. Two, he was involved. We, we wanted to see him involved and get an opportunity, and he did in week number one or week number three, his week number one, essentially. I know Alvin Kamara gets back into the fold, but with Jamal Williams not available due to a hamstring injury, is there a chance that we've seen in the past Alvin Kamara works in tandem with another back with a similar skill set to that of Kendry Miller? I do think the answer is yes. And if Jameis Winston is potentially going to be under center for, you know, a couple weeks, could they try to take the air out of the ball, lean on a, a very stout defense and maybe Kendry Miller sees, you know, 10 carries in a complimentary role to that of Alvin Kamara. I think that that's within the range of possibilities and, and who knows what his role continues to, how it continues to grow as the season progresses in this saints offense. Once Derek Carr gets back under center and hopefully more scoring opportunities arise, uh, it could be a crowded backfield though. So I, I just want to, he's a speculative ad. I still like him as a prospect, which is why he ranks number three ahead of the two guys yeah. that we've mentioned. Yeah, I definitely loved Kendry Miller as a prospect coming out of TCU. I do think that he has the skill set to not only be that Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray type running back alongside Alvin Kamara, but potentially next year even being the guy that is the three down back in this offense. Now, obviously, that doesn't help us from a redraft perspective, but just talking about the skill set and the talent level of what Kendrick Miller can do. So he wasn't on my list. That's an oversight on my part. I love that you brought his name forward here because he would be in that conversation with someone that this next week would provide standalone value and then have that role moving forward as well. I'm going to mention Elijah Mitchell here at RB3 on the week for me and my waiver wire rankings. This is that long-term play, this guy that needs to be on your roster because what happens if, God forbid, please, I cannot take another injury to a major running back for fantasy football, if something were to happen to Christian McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell suddenly skyrockets up the rankings to be a top 12 running back, and he's available on 37 per in only owned in 37% of leagues right now. Like that's ridiculous. He needs to be rostered. He needs to be someone that is sitting there on your bench. I know that you're dealing with a lot of injuries and you're trying to, you have to make some of these tough decisions, but if Elijah Mitchell is out there, he is that long-term play that you were picking up your stashing. You're not going to be able to play him because he does not provide that standalone value. He's not seeing that guaranteed volume, but definitely needs to be on your roster because what happens? Christian McCaffrey goes down. How much fab are we spending on Elijah Mitchell that next week? We're dropping 50 to 60% of our fab, depending on the length of that injury or the length of the absence for Chris McCaffrey. Again, we hope that this doesn't happen, but fantasy managers have to prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Let's move back over to you. Who is at number two in the running back waiver wire rankings? 
it's really hard to sell. It was hard to sell Tank Bigsby on just, what, two carries? <laughs> so it's trickier given that Jarek McKinnon saw, what, five total touches, but found the end zone twice in an offense that appeared to look right after a slow start through the first two weeks of the NFL season, and that's Jarek McKinnon, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs running back. So we saw some of this last season where he caught an obnoxious amount of receiving touchdowns, uh, and his you know touchdown production compared to how many touches he was getting didn't make a whole lot of sense. But in this Kansas City offense, there's times where stuff doesn't make sense. Clearly, Jarek McKinnon has the trust of the coaching staff, and there's still a role, not a very big one, but there is still a role which can get you by kind of a touchdown-dependent option uh, in deeper PPR leagues, but still has some pass-catching value in a very, very explosive Kansas City offense that looked the part in Week 3. Well, I obviously love the call because I've got him at RB2 on the week here as well. I, yes, I am concerned about five total opportunities for Jarek McKinnon in week three up against the Chicago Bears. But you look at the next two matchups, at least for Jarek McKinnon, the New York Jets on Sunday Night Football. God help us all watching that game. It's going to be a 40 to nothing game at halftime. This is going to be really, really rough for the New York Jets. So we have the the path there for Jarek McKinnon to see an increased workload and then Minnesota in week five as well that should be a shootout that should be a game where that's kind of a little bit closer and we should see Jarek McKinnon even more involved or needed uh excuse me so I do think that he enters into the low end flex conversation at least for these next two weeks but he also does like Sapi has talked about this before just get pieces of this offense attach yourself to pieces of this offense and I think that Jarek McKinnon is a very very cheap way to do that Obviously, the two touchdowns is going to be sort of a conversation of fab, though, where people are going to look at the overall fantasy points. They're going to be like, oh, I need to go get Jarek McKinnon. He's playing for Pat with Patrick Mahomes on the Kansas City Chiefs, all that sort of stuff. So what's that cap? What's the amount that you're looking at from a fab perspective for Jarek McKinnon? Yeah, he's not a game changer, though, for me. Even if Isaiah Pacheco goes down with an injury, we're going to see him still work in tandem with someone like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So there, the upside doesn't feel like it's truly there, even though he's in the Kansas City offense. I'm probably not spending anything more than like 5% uh, of my budget to try to get Jarek McKinnon in my on my bench and as a like you said a, a deeper league flex option consideration in ppr leagues so that, that's where i'm at is like around five percent yep i'm in that same boat as well which should tell you everything that you need to know about the running back waiver wire when we're talking about our number two option is a five percent fabid not a ton of great options out there this week however a great option that is on the waiver wire Ooh. is devon a chain the miami dolphins running back i'm just going to go out on a limb and say that he is your number one running back pickup on the week we see eye to eye on this friend and we saw we had a lot of similar names in our top five, but the number one needed to be only one guy over available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. I think it's, I think like he's only rostered in 43% of leagues. That's going to change in the blink of an eye Four total touchdowns. Yates four uh, in the drubbing uh, 70 point performance from the Miami dolphins offense. What was encouraging though? 18 carries and I thought as much as I really liked his skill set at Texas A&M he's a burner obviously I mean 4-3 speed he's put on a lot of mass uh from his transition to college where he, he also ran track I believe and then into the NFL he put on a little bit of extra weight and he looks better through contact 
at the NFL level than I expected him to. Broke broke a lot of tackles on Sunday. So there is a role for him in this offense. And I don't with the, with the way Mike McDaniel can draw up looks and scheme people open and with his dynamic playmaking ability, he is someone that needs to be on your roster and is up for consideration into your starting lineup as soon as this week. Okay, so obviously I think that it's a given. Like, we are picking up Devon A-Chain. You cannot let a guy who had 49 half PPR fantasy points in one perfo- in one week Ooh. sit there on your waiver wire. So obviously needs to be picked up. The conversation more moves towards how much of your fab are you willing to spend to get Devon A-Chain? If you missed out on the Jerome Ford sweepstakes, are you spending that same amount of fab to go get Devon A-Chain? Because the other thing that is at play here is that Jeff Wilson is going to be eligible to come off of IR after this next week. So it's not like this is going to be just Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain for the rest of the year. This could be a situation where it's now a three-headed monster. Devon A-Chain, 18 carries, but they were leading 70. The final score is 70 to 20. Like, we're not going to see that every single week where right. they're completely blowing out, but he can obviously take one, one run to the house. So where's that line for you where you're saying, okay, now this is a little bit too much of my fab that I'm spending? So if we're willing to throw in 5% to get a piece of the Kansas City offense on right. Jarek McKinnon on, what, five touches? <laughs> yeah. I understand the game script is not always going to be this. Yates, I'm with you 100% on that. But <laughs> could we see this rookie's role expand? Uh, you know, is there a chance that we could see him potentially be the feature player out of this backfield? I think it's within the realm of possibility, and not to mention – Jeff Wilson Jr., who started the season on IR, and Raheem Mostert, who has been dinged up constantly throughout his entire career. I think he's only right. played one full season in his entire NFL stint. These guys are kind of both trade-off getting nicked up quite a bit. So I, I'm okay with spending, I'd say, 25% of my fab, if not more, maybe around 30%, depending on how big the league is and what the talent pool is available on the waiver wire. Yeah, it's one of those things where like 50%, if we had it, it'd just be Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain. 50% of fab is in play. Like it's definitely in play. But because we do have this addition of Jeff Wilson, at least on the horizon, I do think that that brings it down a little bit where I would probably say between 30 to 40% of my fab is where I'm willing to spend. Because you also have to say, is Devon A-Chain a top 24 running back the rest of the season? No, I can't confidently say that. However, he does have the ability to put my lineup over the top as a flex option week in and week out with this home run threat ability that he has, the offense that he plays and all that sort of stuff. So more in that flex conversation, I do think that you're going to see people absolutely chase after this, spend 70% of their fab and absolutely regret it in two weeks. I do think that that is in the realm of possibilities. So I'm setting that at 40% max of my fab that I am willing to spend. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely willing to go up to 40%. I know I said 25 to 30. I, it, it's all relative to compared yeah. to your league and, you know, how much fab you have and so on and so forth. But I, I, I'm a little bit higher on A-Chain, I think, for the rest of the season. I'm not going to pencil him in as a top 24 option quite yet because it is one week. But that skill set is there, and he could he could make this offense even more explosive and dynamic than it already is. So I, I'm... I'm a little higher on A-Chain. I'm definitely willing to go up to 40%. I could be talked into 40%. 70, 80%, that's where right. you're going to see people go. And I'm not gonna, I'm not willing to go that far on Dev- Devon A-Chain. 
Yep, for sure. All right, the other running backs worth mentioning here before we get to wide receivers, you got Ezekiel Elliott, a revenge game narrative here in uh, week four up against the Dallas Cowboys, saw 16 carries. Someone that you can add if you're absolutely in a pinch. Ty J Spears, like we, we talked about Roshan Johnson there. Sean Tucker has yet to play here tonight. Those are other names worth considering. But again, all are below that 5% fab threshold that we talked about, even with Jerick McKinnon there at RB2. Let's move into the wide receiver waiver wire rankings here and pickups on the week. Where are you going here at wide receiver five pickup on the week? I understand he didn't catch a pass this week. I'm still a believer in the talent of Rashid Shahid. So he scored, found the end zone somehow on a, a special teams, a return touchdown. Fantastic. Uh, you know, in, in the previous two weeks, he had at least four receptions and more than 60 yards receiving. It was a just a weird game. You lose your starting quarterback. They had a, you know, 17-point lead heading into the fourth quarter. The game script was all weird. I believe that Shahid is in this offense to stay. So I still have him at... at at number five, sure, with Jameis Winston, you know, going under center, maybe is the ceiling a little bit capped in this passing offense? Potentially. Once upon a time, the, the dude did throw for right. 5,000 yards, um, 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. But the point is, is that he, he looks like he's a consistent cog in this offense. And that I'm willing to invest in, even on an off week where he didn't catch a pass. All right, at number five on the wide receiver waiver wire pickups on the week for me, I'm going Jaden Reed here, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we saw over the past two weeks now, 15 total targets here for the rookie wide receiver. He is absolutely emerging as a reliable option here in this passing attack. Now, I understand that we have not had uh, that we have not had Christian Watson in the lineup, which definitely can play a role in how much that target opportunity is for Jaden Reed. But I do think that Jordan Love is beginning to develop that chemistry with him. We've seen the talent. We know that he can produce. Now, he had a couple of passes go off his hands here this past week. That is a concern. That's a way to lose some playing time here. But I'm a believer in the talent. I was a believer in the talent coming into the year. That has not changed. Jaden Reed as a top five wide receiver pickup on the week for me at around a 5% fab bid here. Let's send it back over to you. Who is at number four on the week? So, Mike Williams feel for the guy because I really thought that he was teed up to have his best season of his NFL career. So the injury to Mike Williams is something that you, you exhale, hope the recovery process is fast. So you start looking though, all of a sudden, if Austin Eckler, who they said is out indefinitely now, there's no timetable, which doesn't mean he's out for the year. It just means he could be back in week four, but until he comes back, there's not really a dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield in this offense. Keenan Allen saw, what was it, Good 20 Lord. targets, <laughs> 18, something like that, 18 receptions, 20 targets, something, yep. some nuts number because Mike Williams got injured and he is just balling out right now. So they're going to need a complimentary option. For me, it's Joshua Palmer. Boy, that touchdown reception he had was bonkers. <laughs> it looked like a pick and he was able to reel it in. Joshua Palmer's got a, a nice skill set. Uh, out of the University of Tennessee, and I believe there is a role for him in this offense. I think that the coaching staff trusts him a little bit more than Quentin Johnston right now, and I've, yeah. I'm continuing to see a decent snap share. I'm seeing targets on a weekly basis, and, and including targets that have bumped up each of the last two weeks without, without Eckler in the lineup. So now with Mike Williams unavailable, I expect an expanded role for Joshua Palmer, and Maybe they get things right with Quentin Johnston, but until I see it, 
I feel like Palmer's the priority add at the Chargers wide receiver position. So I'm going to differ from you here a little bit. I've got him at wide receiver one on the week as a, as a, the number one wide receiver pickup on the week because okay. we do have this difference now of Mike Williams out for the year, Joshua Palmer going to see this expanded role for the entirety of the season, which plays a little bit of a difference here with some of the other names that we'll talk about here in a second. So Joshua Palmer, we have seen in the past really, really solid production from him. Now we haven't seen the top 24. He's not instantly one for one replacing Mike Williams in the past when he has stepped into the lineup. But I do think that if you do have Keenan Allen here back and healthy this season, which was the difference between last year, right? It was Joshua Palmer as the main option that defenses were able to lock onto with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both down. Allen is going to draw the majority of the attention from a defense and he should based on what he's done here so far this year. But I do think with Joshua Palmer, the ability to operate in that number two wide receiver role, which is clearly his right now. I don't think that Quentin Johnston is going to step into that role here anytime soon. So Joshua Palmer is a 20% Fabid for me this week. This is a guy that I'm willing to go after on the waiver wire to get onto my roster, because I do think that in this passing attack, especially this next week up against the Las Vegas Raiders, there is the potential that he has a very, very solid performance here. Yet again, I want to attach myself to these good offenses, good quarterbacks. And we see this here with, it's not as great as we would want it to be, but this Chargers passing attack is going to be an offense that I do want to attach myself to. So Joshua Palmer here as a 20% Fabit as someone that I'm willing to go after aggressively. Let's send it back over to you. Number three wide receiver pickup on the week. There's a team down in Texas that's been throwing the ball more than 30 times per game. And that is the Houston Texans. And surprisingly, we've seen multiple receivers be fantasy relevant in this Texans offense. And look, I got to tip my hat to Bobby Slowick, the new offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. I really like some of his design and there is something to be said about CJ Stroud potentially putting together a rookie of the year campaign bid through the first three weeks of the season. As many pass attempts as he has, he has no interceptions. I mean, that's a far cry from where we saw him in his NFL preseason debut where he throws a pick. He looks in command. He's playing on time. He he doesn't looks like there's no panic. So, I mean, I know this isn't a CJ Stroud podcast, but Tank Dell, the rookie from Houston, speaking of Houston, he was there in their, their backyard and this kid can open up this offense and kind of gives them a dynamic playmaking element, not only vertically, but also just after the catch. Um, I think he's settling in real nicely, 17 targets over the last two weeks and over 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns. So tank Dell, while not a household name and certainly it's weird that we keep investing in the Texans passing offense, but if they're going to keep throwing it and they're going to keep producing yards through the air, I'm going to invest in this offense and I'm, I'm going to buy all of these options on the waiver wire as we progress through the season. I'm just going to quickly breeze through this because I'm in lockstep here with you as well. He's at number two on the week for me. So tank Dell here, uh, like you mentioned, I mean, there's the production has been there the past two weeks, 17 targets, like you mentioned, 12 receptions, 145 receiving yards this past week with the touchdown. 17 half PPR points in week two, 23 half PPR points in week three as well. This guy is getting the job done. I'm going to take the L on this one. I did not like Tank Dell coming out of college because, I mean, I acknowledge the speed was there, but the size was a massive concern for me. 
has not played a role whatsoever. This guy is producing in a big way. We've got to get him onto our rosters here for fantasy football moving forward. Really, really impressed with him. I'm going to go back to, well, actually, yeah, I'm going to go to my number four wide receiver pickup on the week uh, because we've talked about my number one and number two. That is Romeo Dobbs, the wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. So we talked about Jaden Reed there at number five. I'll keep it going with Romeo Dobbs at number four incredible touchdown catch here this past week he is seeing the opportunity he's taking advantage of christian watson being out of the lineup and here's the thing it's the same thought process with Jaden reed it's now the same process uh, thought process with romeo dobbs is what is christian watson's involvement in this offense could he be legitimately the number three option the number four option behind luke musgrave with what he's doing i know that that's music to your ears like, could he legitimately be the number four target option here in this offense? He is not guaranteed anything. He is not guaranteed the number one target role here in this offense. Romeo Dobbs has been getting it done, and he produced here in a tougher matchup up against the New Orleans Saints. Five or 12 targets, five receptions, 73 yards, and the touchdown has three receiving touchdowns on the year so far. I do think Romeo Dobbs is now a very, very viable option for fantasy lineups. Did Romeo Dobbs crack the top five for you? Yeah, he's my number two pickup. Um, and the reason why, and I, I know that, you know, Christian Watson's impact and role in this offense is unknown at the moment. I think that there's actually a case to be made that once Christian Watson gets back involved, and the same thing with Aaron Jones, this Packers offense could be humming. I mean, they, I mean, Jordan Love is a top 10 fantasy quarterback right now without. Aaron Jones for two of the three games this season and without Christian Watson, who no offense to Romeo Dobbs or, or Jaden Reed. I, I think he is the most talented physical prospect of all of these green Bay pass catchers. And I think he is certainly going to have a huge role, but we don't, we don't know that yet. You are right about that. So there's nothing wrong with buying up all these green Bay pass catchers. If Jordan love keeps throwing touchdown passes right. and they're going to the receivers and they have a solidified role in chemistry with, with Jordan Love, yeah, I. Why am I not buying up, you know, prospects that I really liked coming out of college, um, in an offense that they have a solidified role in? I, I'm I'm totally on board. I actually have Dobbs as number two as my waiver wire pickup because I I believe that he's still going to see a, a definitive role and similar snap share once Watson does get back into the fold. I feel more confident about him than I do about Jaden right. Reed, not by much, but. I just think he's going to be on the field more in two wide receiver sets um, once Watson returns to the fold. All right. So at five, you had Rashid Shahid. At four was Joshua Palmer. Three, Tank Dell. Two, Romeo Dobbs. Who is at number one on the week for you at the wide receiver position? The kiss stealing. Woo! Wheeling, feeling. Adam Thielen. I, old faithful. I, as much as no one was super excited about the Carolina passing offense heading into the season, and some probably still aren't. Adam Thielen at 33 years old is still posting games like we saw on Sunday, 11 catches for 145 and a score. And that was with Andy Dalton in spot start duty at the home of the 12th man. This man is, is a savvy vet that is still a reliable option in the passing game. Sure. Does he have trouble separating yeah, just look at the week two film against the Saints. Like th there was very little separation. He's he was never a burner, and his he's not getting faster with age. No offense to right. Thielen, he's staying in shape and everything. But it's he's just a savvy vet that can handle a high volume in an offense that at times struggles to sustain drives. But you know, against secondaries that are going to have issues, 
which they've got Minnesota and Detroit in the coming weeks, and then Miami after that. Right. Teams that all could put positive game script in favor for throwing the football a lot for the Carolina Panthers. I see Adam Thielen being a consistent top 30 option with touchdown upside that could push him inside the top 15 moving forward. I know that's crazy to say about the Carolina Panthers offense, but he's the most reliable option they have in the passing game by, by a mile. Sapi and I talked about, uh, you know, we broke down the, the game, previews here on the matchup previews podcast which you can find on on fridays here and we talked about this one with andy dalton stepping in for bryce young i was actually going to move up adam thielen in my rankings just because of we know what andy dalton is bryce young is still a rookie quarterback he's still learning his way adam thielen and andy dalton i assumed would have the chemistry now did i predict predicted that he was going to go 11 for 145 in a touchdown no i did not but i do think that he is this guy that you can pick up he's at number three on the week for me so a pickup that you can go after here you can play as a solid flex option uh week in and week out here especially over the next three matchups like you mentioned minnesota detroit and miami those are three games where adam thielen is going to be in my starting lineups here especially if we do have andy dalton as the quarterback for longer than this next week yeah, he's a solid pickup on the week. We know what we're getting. And I do think that we have to be at, l- at least a little bit concerned about the injury risk here for Adam Thielen. We've seen that right. in the past. But as long as he's healthy, like we've talked about with Keenan Allen, as long as he is healthy, he is going to produce for your fantasy lineup. This is a guy that I'm willing to spend 10% of my fab on. I do think that he is someone that you are you should be going after. Uh, I did want to double back to Tank Dell. We didn't talk about a fab percentage for him. What sort of fab percentage and recommendation would you have for picking up Tank Dell? Uh, I'm probably around around 10%, you know, around 10, somewhere between 10 to 15, depending on league. All right. As we look at the other wide receivers here on the week, you're looking at guys like Zay Jones, DJ Chark, Quentin Johnston, Josh Downs, Marvin Mims. There's solid options here, but again, all below that 5% fab bid. These are the other guys that we talked about here that we would prefer to go after before them, but all are worth considering here, especially if you are in deeper formats. Let's keep it going here. Let's go to the quarterback position. Who are the quarterbacks worth looking at in week four due to their matchup from the waiver wire? I will start with you. Yeah, we just talked about them. Unless Bryce Young is active, I'm going with Andy Dalton against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings defense, while actually held the Philadelphia Eagles under 200 yards passing somehow, some way, that's, oh, wait, that's because they got, you know, ran on for 250-something yards that week. Uh, They just played a bunch of bully ball. But they're still having issues on the back end. We, we saw even without Mike Williams in the lineup, the Los Angeles Chargers still able to basically do whatever they wanted to do through the air. And I'm not saying that the Carolina Panthers and Andy Dalton and Adam Thielen are that of, you know, Justin Herbert and, and Keenan Allen, but I see some similarities and I see the, the Vikings offense being able to put up some points. And in a week where Andy Dalton finishes a top 10 fantasy quarterback, I see them having a favorable matchup and Dalton having to try to use his arm to keep him in the game. Yep. The matchup there dictates that Andy Dalton should be someone that you are looking at here on the waiver wire. Here's that QB two on the week for me, man. I love me a good revenge game narrative. We've got a few of them here this week. We've got Ezekiel Elliott up against the Dallas Cowboys with the New England Patriots. We just talked about Adam Thielen returning home to Minnesota. Uh, Then I'm going to go Jameis Winston as the top pickup here on the week up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary. You've talked about this Buccaneers secondary where this is a, a, a matchup here where you want to go after some of these these quarterbacks, that these passing attacks that are going up against them. 
And you look at Jameis. Do we know what to expect from him? No, it's been a very long time since we have seen Jameis Winston in full command of an offense as really able to open things up. You look at the playmakers that he has. You just talked about Rashid Shahid. Chris Olave looked fantastic yesterday. Michael Thomas is performing well. Like these playmakers here that he has, Jimmy Graham freaking catching a touchdown. These playmakers that he has at his disposal can absolutely help him push his way into the top 12 in this matchup. So Jameis Winston is someone that people are going to be very hesitant to go after. I'm kind of putting my stamp on it saying like Jameis Winston is probably going to be around QB 14, QB 15 on the week for me and my week four rankings. And that's someone that is worth picking up here on the waiver wire. I don't think that there's going to be a major rush to go out there and pick up Jameis Winston either with Derek Carr most likely missing this next week. Obviously that'll change if we get news that Carr is expected back, but Jameis Winston here as a minor fab bid that you can pick up. And I do think that he is a solid streamer here for this next week. Let's go to the tight end position here. Who is a tight end worth looking at in week four due to their matchup? I'm going to keep going back to the Luke Musgrave. Well, I feel like I'm doing this on a weekly basis. I really need to pump the brakes until he scores a touchdown. But <laughs> um, eight targets, which is a season high. Six receptions, season high. 49 yards, just one yard below his uh, NFL debut in week one. The Detroit Lions, I, I believe that Musgrave is going to give some of those linebackers some mismatch issues. Uh, I think they're going to probably be a little bit more effective off of play action. Will the Packers offense in week number four in a game that could be a little high, high scoring, right? Uh, I could see both teams being able to have some success against the opposing defensive units. So Musgrave and what I thought was a very encouraging uh, usage rate in week number three. I think he can build off of that in week number four. I have Luke Musgrave at tight end two on the week. You mentioned eight targets, six receptions, 49 yards for him yesterday. I will say Derek tight end 10 finish in half PPR scoring formats in week one. Now he fell a little bit further down in week two. Didn't really do a whole ton. He's looking at a potential top 12 finish here again in week three. So a guy that you can still find on the waiver wire. And I will say Luke Musgrave was Probably about uh, Jordan Love overthrew him on a pass that would have been a major pickup as well, yep. potentially even a touchdown. So uh, obviously we, we're not counting that, but the opportunity is absolutely there for Luke Musgrave to smash here moving forward. Detroit, Las Vegas, then he's got the bye week. Denver, Minnesota, like the matchups here are just green across the board for the Green Bay Packers moving forward. Luke Musgrave, a solid pickup there. I'm going to go with Jake Ferguson here as the top tight end pickup on the week. Obviously it's a toss up between him and Luke Musgrave. They're both... 7%, 10% fab bids, depending on how desperately you need a replacement tight end. But Jake Ferguson, seven targets, four targets, seven targets here over the first three weeks of the season is doing enough to be within that top 15 territory. And this Dallas offense, I think is going to need him moving forward. This Dallas offense, maybe not as powerful as we thought they originally were, obviously with that game up against Arizona. So Jake Ferguson here as a name to consider, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, would you rather start him or Luke Musgrave? Uh, I, the only, I think the matchup is a little bit more favorable for week two. I, just a conversation. I, yeah. I like Jake Ferguson. Right now, I think he's like tight end 10 right now in PPR format. So he's certainly worth rostering at this point. But I'm just kind of curious against that New England defense, like how how favorable do you think that that could be? Because New England's defense has been really stingy against opposing tight ends so far this year. Yeah, I think it's more of a conversation in full PPR. I'm probably going to start Jake Ferguson. If it is a half PPR standard, I will probably go with Luke Musgrave there just based on the matchup. So again, these guys are one and two. They're set the same set 
fab bid. So if you want to go Luke Musgrave at tight end one over Jake Ferguson, I'm totally fine with that. Both are going to be top 15 plays for me in week four moving forward because they've got the opportunity, which is more than what we can say for a lot of these other tight ends here and in fantasy football where we keep ranking them as top 12 guys and they just are not seeing the opportunity. So Luke Musgrave, Jake Ferguson, both names to go after. Outside of that, it's Zach Ertz, Gerald Everett. I'm poor Soppy was tilting desperately, was having a, himself a moment in our uh, Slack chat over uh, on on Sunday. There, as we're seeing Gerald Everett a, a yard away from finding the end zone here, and then it goes to Donald Donald Parham twice. Parham, not a name that I am willing to go after here. He's two targets, two both of them are touchdowns. They're not a guy that I'm willing to go after. Both are minor guys that you're looking at, and just dart throws, guys that you are plugging into your lineup and just hoping that they find the end zone. Let's move on to DST. Waiver wire rankings, who is a defense that you're willing to look at here for week four? We just talked about that the New York Giants offense is likely to be without Saquon Barkley again in week number four. If that is the case, so I'm putting a little bit of a a variable on my, on my suggestion. If Saquon Barkley plays, I don't like this. But if Saquon's out, like we think he probably will be in week number four, I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks defense because we do not like what we saw from the New York Giants offense without Saquon Barkley in it. It changes the whole dynamic, like the whole outlook of the offense when the, the opposing defense does not have to account for a talent like Saquon Barkley. It just changes everything. And I know we played the Niners. I understand the Seattle defense is not the San Francisco 49ers. But you really have to just worry about Darren Waller. And, and when Jalen Hyatt's on the field, just make sure you have, you know, safety help over the top. Right. I, outside of that, I understand Daniel Jones has some uh, nice rushing floor, but that floor evaporated <laughs> against yeah. the 49ers. So, um, yeah, I, I'll go with the Seattle defense if the Giants are without Saquon Barkley again this week. Yep, I've got Seattle there at the number one spot as well with that same caveat as we, you know, monitor news if we move throughout the week. If Saquon is trending towards playing, then Seattle, I would probably pivot off of. Another defense to consider here is the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, we have not seen them here as we are recording on Monday morning. We have not seen them play here in week three just yet, but going up against the Tennessee Titans offense that simply cannot move the football. They cannot do anything on offense. So this is a defense here that hasn't looked fantastic here throughout the first two weeks of the season. We'll see what they do here tonight. But Cincinnati, regardless of what they do here tonight, I think is going to be a top 15, top 12 defense on the week for me just because of the matchup up against the Tennessee Titans. I'm absolutely willing to look their way. If you are completely desperate, the defense that just gave up 70 points uh, is going up against the Chicago Bears offense in week four. So if you are absolutely desperate, the Denver Broncos defense, listen, I know that it was not pretty. There's a screenshot and a photo going around of, I think it was Devon A-Chain running away. There are seven Broncos players on the ground after Devon A-Chain is still moving forward. I Listen, I know that it's not pretty, but the Chicago Bears offense cannot do anything. Denver is favored in this game in Chicago. If that tells you anything, everything you need to know about the Chicago Bears offense right now. Let's get to top 10 overall waiver wire rankings on the week, Derek. I will throw it to you. Let's put it all into perspective here. Run through that top 10 options for the week. I'm so glad that you went with the Denver Broncos as a suggestion because I thought about doing it and then I was like, how can I do that after they just gave up 70 points? But the logic makes sense. I was thinking along the same lines. So my top 10 real quick, I got Roshan at 10. Um, it says 
Oh, Tank Bigsby. I've got two tanks on my mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote Tank in there. I was like, wait, I didn't put Tank Dell that low. Uh, no, it's Tank Bigsby at nine, Kendry Miller at eight, Rashid Shahid at seven, uh, Joshua Palmer at six, Jared McKinnon at five, Tank Dell at four, Dobbs at three, Thielen at two, and of course, Devon A. Chain at one. All right, for me, I'll go at number 10, Jake Ferguson here at nine, the Seattle Seahawks defense, eight, Jameis Winston. Seven, Romeo Dobbs. Six, Elijah Mitchell. Five, Adam Thielen. Four, Jarek McKinnon. Three, Tank Dell. Number two, Joshua Palmer. And of course, number one is Mr. 49 half PPR points. In week three, Devon A-Chain. All right, that will do it here for week four waiver wire podcast. Derek, any other words of wisdom before we get out of here? No, just make sure that if you have any trade offers, you go over and check out our uh PFN trade analyzer over on the site. I actually used it this morning when I traded for Justin Fields in a Superflex Dynasty League. I'm supposed to be excited about it, but I don't really know how I feel. But go ahead and use that tool. Also, start sit optimizer. Um, fantastic tools over at profootballnetwork.com. Absolutely. And make sure to go over to youtube.com slash at PFN Fantasy where you can watch this podcast along with a waiver wire live stream that Sapi does every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. to catch the latest news there and update you on everything you need to know as you set your waiver wire claims. All right, that'll do it for Derek Tate. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.